0: Well, hello and welcome to Consumer Choice Radio, we're broadcasting once more, right here on Saga 960 AM and on the Coastal Carolina Network. I'm one and a half of your host, Yael Ososki, coming to you from uh, now the rainy studio in Central Europe, and uh, I'm doing okay, but I'm not as doing as well as my good buddy, David Clement, our co-host here on the program, who's right there in Toronto. David, how goes it?
1: It's going well. No complaints. No complaints. Um, Yeah, I just... You know, a lot going on, a lot going on, lots to, lots to talk about, it feels like.
0: Yeah, a lot of um, historic stuff, obviously, that's, ha- that's happening in the news. And at this moment, uh, we heard this week of the, um, I believe, third indictment of the former American president. So that's been um, taking up a lot of time for talking heads and the like. Um, as you mentioned, it's a dangerous time, too. And, um, you know, it's, it's always important to bring in points about history
1: Okay, Where um, are you going
0: here whenever we kind of talk about this stuff. I mean, I just I think it's I think it's important to put things into historic context and um, ah. You know, luckily we do have the consumer choice radio historian uh, Who does provide <laughs> the a resident historian?
1: <laughs> yeah, the resident
0: historian and he is none other than mr Al
2: Sharpton, can you imagine our reading the James Madison or? Thomas Jefferson tried to overthrow the government so they could stay in power. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at American history.
0: I mean, imagine <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, uh, uh. overthrowing the government. <laughs> Inconceivable. Oh
1: so I, I saw that clip, but was he checked in real time? Like, did anybody go, wait a second, did you just say that? Like, you know... You know who they are, right?
0: I mean, for a guy who made his name suing um, plenty of uh, companies and telling them they're all racist, uh, I'm pretty sure he did not get his TV career by people correcting him. (laughs) I'm pretty sure uh, he's basically allowed to say whatever he wants. You know, that's kind of a...
1: No, but nobody else there...
0: No, of course not.
1: ...was quick enough on their feet to be like, "Um, you know, I think I know what you mean, but you maybe picked the wrong... (laughs) the wrong guys
0: <laughs> it's like uh well maybe you could have said i don't know lincoln or something like this who knows uh but yeah this is a big deal uh, just because we are seeing all this happening in real time we've got uh u.s election primary stuff that's happening uh we have the first republican uh, debate actually which will be held later this month and uh Is
1: a- gonna participate because there were some rumors so it's uh, it's there not there. certain
0: that he will um they're the various qualification criteria that he's obviously met mm-hmm. and many others have met um but uh, that stuff is is kind of shaping up and there's a lot of different debates and arguments but you know i i read through part of this indictment i've uh, read a lot of stories about it i don't know what is your kind of thought here uh because you know we'll get into the this is the nasty pundit section of consumer choice radio we normally don't do this but um
1: yeah, I think? mean I think I think it will boil down to it's I, I and this could be a, a legally incorrect take, but my view is that it'll it'll largely boil down to like the Fox News case where there's a difference between simply being wrong and knowing that you're saying a falsehood and repeatedly saying it, although you've already admitted, you know, that it's false. Cause that was what was really happened with Fox and why they settled is they had the defense and they probably would have won if the text messages were not included in discovery where it was like, Oh yeah, but everybody knew that they were lying and then they kept lying anyway. And so I don't know how this discovery process would go for Trump and what type of records they would require in the trial. But if there are communications where Trump acknowledges to anybody that he knew that he was lying, and it wasn't true, um, or, or more nefarious than that, um, not only did he know he was doing it on purpose, because he was trying to stop the elect the, the results of the election from going forward, then they they might have some sort of a case. But if that doesn't exist, it feels like it will be a hard leap. Like I don't know, am I am I explaining this all right? It's like there's a different. It's it's not illegal to be wrong, and it's not illegal to be dumb. Um,
0: but it's also not illegal is, to lie. <laughs> and so well, the four yeah, charges. I think the leap, yeah,
1: if you're if you're if it's a lie and you know it's a lie and then there are negative outcomes as a result of that lie that's the next step they have to prove then they probably have a, a case but
0: so the four charges you know, are conspiracy to defraud the u.s conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding and conspiracy against civil rights um So I look at this and they say, well, you know, he's lying. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying." you know, presidents lie all the time. Politicians lie all the time. Um, We know they're lying often. Uh, Sometimes we can only (laughs) FOIA documents, you know, and get that information later. Um, But, you know, it's these are conspiracy charges. And that is something that is important for the context, because when you're kind of putting together a conspiracy charge, uh, you know, that has certain grounds and certain things you need to find. But defrauding all of this, I kind of take the approach. I believe it was the National Review. So I'm going to take a bit of a center, uh, more right wing view on this. The indictment itself is a bit wonky and dumb. Uh, the thing is, with a president, you know, if he was, he had some huge bribery thing, was getting money from the Saudis or something like that, clear cut corruption. I'm all in this seems to just come down on rhetoric and we technically already had a trial. It was called impeachment. And while the first part happened with the house, he was not removed by the Senate. And in the constitution, you kind of have this little stipulation about look, high crimes, misdemeanors, whatever you go through the impeachment process. So technically we've already been through it. And a lot of the other stuff, I mean, I've seen a lot of the the legal people who take, nobody's right down the middle. They either say this is a, a hint of genius, the way this is written, or it's just kind of dumb, and most of this is free speech. Uh, Fire, yeah, the organization not. Free Speech, uh, Fire, um, Freedom and mm-hmm. I forget what they're called now, research, education, everywhere. Uh, so they also made that case, too. It's like, look, obviously this guy Trump did stuff that was bad, but the way that this is framed hinges on just like speech.
1: Yeah. I mean, it also begs the question of, let's say this goes, goes the distance and he has a jury trial and he's, he's, he's found guilty. Does that set the precedent that lies have consequences?
0: I very much For doubt presidents? it. I very much doubt it. Cause we have it right now. I mean, that's everything we've learned through. Um, the Twitter files, the Facebook files, the, uh, I mean, any inquiry on COVID, anything Fauci was saying, I mean, there's stuff that's demonstrably true that they've lied about. I just
1: go back to the mother of all, I mean, this is just vintage me coming up, but I go back to like the mother of all lies, which was like James Clapper and the NSA back in the day being like, no, we don't, we don't pick up American communications in our surveillance efforts.
0: Not wittingly. It's like... That's his wiggle word.
1: (laughs) Let's see Paul Allen's card.
0: Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, so why this matters, obviously it's going to, you know, kind of be right there. It's a wrench in the election. You've got all kinds of stuff. And there's a whole process. You know, I tend to... I think there's definitely a trend of people in government lying to people and us Mm -hmm. being... Um, basically worse off. I mean, we're seeing that north of the border where there's a lot of stuff about, you know, this um, foreign interference inquiry and we're getting Mm -hmm. facts after the case. You know, we're getting new facts now that are coming out that apparently um, Daniel Johnson, who is the head of the inquiry, like didn't see, you know, stuff about, about uh, cease And essentially they were standing up a stooge candidate again and they were paying for me is the, so the Chinese were apparently paying for media in British yeah. Columbia to promote a candidate we don't know who that candidate is I don't know if you have any idea but. yeah
1: the reporting from Sam Cooper um isn't in line with everything he's reported on before um super interesting uh, I think it purposely doesn't name entities or individuals for legal reasons um but yeah, I mean, it's pretty worrisome and um, it begs the question, either David Johnson saw those things and ignored them or he never looked. And it's like, well,
0: they didn't appear on the rubber stamp form. He was handed if you ask me, yeah, but
1: yeah. and it, it, it's just like, okay, so the, so the whole process with the special rapporteur really was a farce. Um, Because now there's just more information. Yeah, more information coming out, and it just gets worse and worse. And what's really upsetting is that the NDP are kind of making the debate super fuzzy because they want it to proceed only if it includes other countries Iran, India, Russia, which is really. Like, of course, important, but not the point here. It's not the point. The point is we have clear, documented instances of uh, the Chinese Communist Party trying to weasel their way into politics for specific outcomes. That's the investigation.
0: Yeah, and, and there is, again, this is not only Canada. I mean, obviously, we know about the police stations um, that are popping up, uh, but a... I guess not yet a friend of the show, but I've been trying to get him on. Senator James Patterson, who's down in Mm -hmm. Australia. He's the shadow minister for home affairs. Uh, You know, he's he's talking very openly about the uh, very brutal foreign interference of the Chinese down under. And yeah, they have it. They they have the same problem. They've had the same problem. They had an actual stooge candidate who was just like a a spook from the very beginning. (laughs) And there's a lot of – they're facing right now a lot of cyber hacking stuff too to where a lot of government information is like making to the hands of uh, certain Chinese things. There could be some stuff related to military intelligence. It's kind of wild.
1: There was a story in the New York Times last week I think or maybe early this week that the Pentagon is on the search for malware in code in American infrastructure because they believe that the Chinese – Uh, Cyber hackers have essentially like rigged the code in energy grids and whatnot. Um, That is pretty serious. Like the U.S. invade or the Chinese invades Taiwan and then the lights go off on the Western or the the Western seaboard. Uh, Not good. (laughs) Not good. Um, So it's yeah, it's very it's like that is the problem of the day that we have to be talking about the other things they're not you shouldn't ignore them um whether it be russia or india or china the india example is i find very strange coming from jagmeet singh because he has a very complicated history of speaking with or at events for groups that are deemed terrorist organizations by the indian state it's very complicated and removed from kind of day-to-day canadian politics at least where i am but it matters a lot to other people and you know that, that seems yeah super strange you
0: know to related me. to this uh there's a story i didn't i had no idea this was going on so apparently there's uh, i think it's up in the north in india or near the pakistani sure. border there's an air like a whole region that is comprised of no doubt hundred uh, like let's say 50 million people. They've shut off the internet for like the past month. yeah because there's been all this rioting and stuff. <laughs> like people have mm-hmm. not had internet and they thought, oh yeah, this is great, this will calm them down. but it's it's actually made the violence like much worse. There's been more killings, you know, robberies, shootings, rapes. Um, the fact that the government even has the power to shut down the internet, I think is of grave concern. And yeah. uh, we see the same you know in places like Turkey, and you know, there's there's a story that just came out about uh, the new Ataturk series on Disney Plus. Um, I guess for some reason is uh, they're trying to cancel it. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's all kinds of like little stuff out there that's what, that's what doing is that. About? Yeah, we we can talk about that when we come back. There's um, definitely some, some little nuggets of information in that. You guys keep listening to Consumer Choice Radio, and we'll be right back after this. and welcome back to consumer choice radio uh broadcasting here uh all over the the nets the radio and uh talking about a couple of topics we covered uh some part of the donald trump indictment and uh various foreign interference problems that are happening in canada and other countries uh and then i I mentioned this little story about what is going on in um india and then we're kind of relating this to disney so uh i found this in uh Politico, Disney's decision not to air a high-profile series dramatizing the life of Turkey's founding father has sparked uproar with top Turkish officials accusing the American network of bowing to pressure from Armenian groups. So apparently they have okay, a drama have series. To walk me
1: through the background there.
0: <laughs> so they have a drama series. You know, we all have seen these historical programs and shows that go out on, mm-hmm. you know, whatever platform. Uh, so this one is about Ataturk. So, Atatürk was the founder of the Republic of Turkey after the First World War. Uh, he was able to, uh, basically, once the Ottoman Empire had ended, he met with the allies who were drawing the map of the world, quite literally, <laughs> and was able to get concession for today's Republic of Turkey, you know, from the, mm-hmm. the ashes of the Ottoman Empire. And essentially, it's it's going to be a hagiography, you know, basically a, a very... Uh, promotional biography, uh, a biopic, as it were, a series. And uh, the Armenians, who suffered greatly under the Turks during that time, we all remember the the Armenian genocide, you've probably heard of a lot of that, there have been a lot of survivors and children of those Mm -hmm. folks who immigrated to the U.S. and to Canada and all over. Uh, So he's basically saying, or a lot of the Turkish officials are saying that Disney is kowtowing to the pressure of the Armenian groups. And uh, there's uh, all kinds of, you know, spading back and forth. It's just uh, it's crazy. Uh, Disney is uh, really in the crosshairs from all groups.
1: Is the argument is the argument that like the it's too soft on the founder of Turkey?
0: Yeah, it, it comes down to that. A too like, fluffy? this is a bad guy. Like, don't make it some like thing where you idolize him. Essentially, which could mm. be said for anybody in history.
1: I mean, of course. Well. I don't know enough specifics there to know to actually say, of course, but um, I mean, we're talking about the time frame of the Armenian genocide, are we not?: Yes, yeah, probably not. Great to gloss over
2: that.
0: I mean, there hasn't been too many uh, depictions on screen, so at least something would be yeah. helpful and you know, as they would say, uh, make your own media. Uh, David, I want to go in a different direction. <laughs> I um, I did some research, and I guess I finally jumped on a bandwagon that I've been avoiding basically my entire Ooh. life. And Love th-
1: Island. You're watching Love Island.
0: Uh, <laughs> I am not watching Love uh, Island. I think it's very I different. Thought
1: I thought we had you.
0: So we're talking about 60 years. 60 mm-hmm. years since the assassination of... John F. Kennedy.
1: Ooh. Okay. Where are we going here? So there's a okay. couple things. Uh-oh.
0: There are a couple things related to this. Obviously, it's been 60 years. Uh, his nephew, uh, RFK Jr., <laughs> is in the news and has mm-hmm. talked openly about the assassination. Uh, basically, what I did is I watched the movie JFK by Oliver Stone.
1: Oh, I've watched that.
0: Yeah. So it is a very long movie. I think I watched the director's cut. So it's like three and a half hours. Um, it took, took me a while and I had to finish it up this morning because I fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> but what we have in that story is essentially Jim Garrison, who is the uh, district attorney down in New Orleans. And he comes up with you know his own investigation after the Warren Commission, which was set up to investigate mm-hmm. the assassination. Uh, many different theories that go around. I, I never really got into the JFK conspiracy or alternative yeah. narrative stuff. Um, yeah, but yeah, did I. I did spend a good amount of time, you know, looking into it and seeing how interesting it was because there's, there's a lot of different stuff and there is a lot of scholarship on this. A lot of people writing. Why is it relevant in 2023? Well, we just had, uh, an executive order by Joe Biden, not more than a month ago on mm-hmm. the JFK records act. So basically, all of the documents relating to the assassination were supposed to be released to the public in 2017. Trump used his his, Trump used his executive power to delay that. Oh. Biden comes in, also uses his power to delay that. But we will we did get a cache of, I think, about 20,000 documents. Um, okay. Now, the guy that I'm reading on this is JFKFacts.com. It's like a substack. He's on C-SPAN yeah, and stuff, yeah. so it's not a, <laughs> he's not a wig nut. It's not a Looney Tunes. Not Looney Tunes. Uh, but he, you know, he said, look, a lot of this stuff, yeah, sure, there's a plenty of documents. Most of it is not relevant. Some of it is heavily redacted. But here's the facts that are brand new. Um, so the CIA was watching Oswald starting in at least 1960." a full three years before the assassination. So they do so they have, have those him documents. The they have them on the radar. Okay. They were, There was a, a, a fellow. Before. Well, he had defected to the Soviet Union and uh, basically was allowed in for some reason relatively easily. Uh, we don't know that's why, but just to say that's the circumstance. Uh, more interesting mm-hmm. is that there's a name now. I think it's Raul something. Uh, so he was a defense department dude who also worked with the cia he was actually opening oswald's mail throughout the early 1960s and that is now in these documents you know that have been unveiled and um, okay there's all kinds of uh of other kind of takes that you know it's it's hard and a lot of this stuff has been talked about debunked serial debunking undebunking you know there's all different angles uh but i you know i figured since uh JFK is someone who's interesting, and I will say in the conspiracy world, uh, which I, I sometimes uh, traveled in as a young man,
1: because you'd be in jail. Mm.
0: Uh, JFK is like he's he's heralded. He's a, he's a big man, and I'll I'll tell you one big reason why it's this speech. I'll just play a little bit from this. If you tire yeah, yeah. of it, um, let me know. But a very important speech by JFK. Sorry, wrong clip. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start again.
2: Do not survive with opposed to secret societies where secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are as a people inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths and to secret proceedings. We decided long ago that the dangers of excessive and unwarranted concealment of pertinent facts far outweigh the dangers which are cited to justify it. Even today, there is little value in opposing the threat of a closed society by imitating its arbitrary restrictions. Even today, there is little value in ensuring the survival of our nation if our traditions do not survive with it. And there is very grave danger that an announced need for increased security will be seized upon by those anxious to expand its meaning to the very limits of official censorship and concealment that I do not intend to permit to the extent that it's in my control and no official of my administration whether his rank is high or low civilian or military should interpret my words here tonight as an excuse to censor the news, to stifle dissent, to cover up our mistakes, or to withhold from the press and the public the facts they deserve to know.
0: Radical transparency, Mr. JFK.
2: Well, and how fitting is,
1: that's still one of my favorite lines, the the opposing a closed society and replicating it quote, is one of my favorite lines because it applies too often I mean, think about the civil liberties given up in the war on terror. That quote addresses that head on. And there are so many examples of that. Um, yeah, that is, I, I've heard that speech before. That is That and Reagan's last speech as president are probably in my top two. Um, well, th- and then the third one, which is the shortest, would be Bush on the rubble. Uh, of the World Trade Center to the firefighters. like To me, those are like the three top presidential speeches um, ever. Well, not ever, let's say, and then from on, World War II on.
0: On your YouTube uh, feed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Uh, so the, um, there's just this one last line that I'll play as well because I really like this uh, actually in my radio debut at CGLO AM 1690 in Montreal, mm-hmm. Quebec. This was the opening mantra of my radio show back then, uh, when I made my, my uh, debut on the airwaves in 2010. Oh, boy. Uh, this was, uh, it was actually the last part of that speech.
2: And so it is to the printing press, to the recorder of man's deeds, the keeper of his conscience, the courier of his news, that we look for strength and assistance confident that with your help man will be what he was born to be free and independent
0: kind of love that line yeah
1: it's uh man that that is a doozy that is ages well
0: it does age well but, uh, and you know i the jfk thing the reason i got into it obviously is i, I just rfk stuff and i always saw the jfk records act i didn't really know 100 percent what was going on um the movie has obviously been um, lambasted by many folks, but yeah, I think it's it's interesting because it's it you know it focuses on this one district attorney who prosecutes this case and brought the only mm-hmm. case ever in the the shooting, the only case yeah. ever, and it was about this guy blah 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 you know who might have been involved conspiracy, and you know it's it's very well done. It's like great cin- cinematography wise, so I really appreciate that. But man, Mm -hmm. um, we definitely started, um, governments really started lying a lot during that time. And I was reminded of it because RFK said that in one of his interviews, RFK Jr. He said the first time the American government really told a lie, uh, like that we know about and that's proven, was about this U-2 plane that went down in the 1960s in the Soviet Union. Okay. And uh, basically they denied it for days and days and days. And like the the Soviet Union had the pilot, they had the guy in custody and they were saying like, no, that's not our, no, no. that's not our plane. We have nothing to never do with happened. this. And like, never happened. and then the Soviet, uh, Khrushchev or whomever, like, uh, I think, you know, calls, uh, calls up the president, whoever it was at the time is like, Hey, so did you guys fly, you know, any planes or something? He's like, Nope, never done that. <laughs> like they're staring at the American pilot. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was kind of interesting and, and gives a lot of, um, I don't know. This Cold War, is uh, it's kind of madness. Um, I, obviously, we've had a lot of warnings about the military-industrial complex. Um, I'm a bit worried as to what's happening right now on the continent of Africa. There have been a number of coups recently, and uh, there's yeah, a lot Niger of stuff. Niger a big one. There's, there's Niger, there's Burkina Faso, there's a lot of stuff that's mm-hmm. happening. France is kind of losing its grip. There's a lot of talk about ditching their money. Did you know that the, the money... The currency they use in most of these countries is actually called the colonial franc, and it's controlled know. by the French central bank.
1: I did not know that at
0: all. Yeah, and why is uh, Niger important? Well, they've got a lot of uranium, which the French use mm-hmm. for their um, nuclear facilities and um,
1: yes, they do peaceful
0: use. So it's a lot. Of, always about the energy wars. So I know a lot more will come out about that. Um, there were some reports as well about some of the weapons that were supposed to go to Ukraine. Somehow some of them ended up in uh, <laughs> Central Africa. I have to confirm that, but I just I read that a couple of places. Don't doubt it if you've seen the movie Lord of War. Yeah.
1: Well, and, 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 that guy's free now.
0: That guy <laughs> oh, is free. That's
1: crazy.
0: Who did? Who was traded for him?
1: Brittany Griner, oh, the basketball player. Oh,
0: that is right
1: yeah okay. crazy crazy crazy
0: okay yeah that's crazy stuff we, well we've got a couple of things in the consumer choice world uh, we want to cover once we're back here from break uh we had some great articles by our colleagues that went out um our buddy uh, zoltan our colleague zoltan mm-hmm. has a piece in the washington examiner about hungary because a lot of conservatives in the anglosphere are all giddy about orban but he says no you've been deceived so uh, very interesting piece. We'll have much more from uh, from that and some analysis from around the world, David. I know there's a couple of things you're working on. Um, love to get mm-hmm. a take on uh, exactly what is happening right now with uh, some of the Canadian cabinet shuffle up because there's a uh, yeah a couple of things happening there. Oh yeah, yeah. Not just that, but obviously uh, we're in the midst of summer. There's a lot of climate change news that's occupying a lot of yeah. people's timelines, and uh, yeah, we got this. Uh, people's news feeds uh, devoid of Canadian news. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that here in a little not bit. Not fully yet, but no, yes. Not fully yet, but coming. Stay here on Consumer Choice Radio. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back to Consumer Choice Radio. David, I've had a, I've had the mic a good amount now. Um, what are the stories that are popping up on your newswire uh, device there? <laughs> I already talked about JFK assassination and... Uh, <sighs> You know about uh, played uh, the great clip from uh, our buddy, our historical correspondent, Mr. Al Sharpton. So wondering what else you got. Yeah,
1: well, our new justice minister um, is already in trouble um, <laughs> because he said, I mean, rightfully, he's asked about crime. That's a a pretty um, pretty high profile concern for a lot of people. Understandably so. And uh, he's like, well, you know, I uh, I doubt that uh, empirically we can see that crime is on the rise. Okay, Um, certainly not what Canadians are experiencing or what they're seeing in the headlines, but maybe they're just anecdotes. And then, bam, yesterday, Statistics Canada, they have a crime severity index, in every province except for New Brunswick
0: <laughs> wow what are you doing in New Brunswick
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah good question what are they doing because whatever they're doing seems to be working um, yeah so here we have the justice minister like first day on the job putting his foot in his mouth and uh, being like hey you know I'm not sure if, if the numbers really back that up and then statistics Canada it's like oh yeah Crime was up in every province in 2022 except New Brunswick, so uh, not good, not a good start. Um, so, of course, we have...
0: Let's look through this list real quick of the um, the cabinet shuffle. Um, mm-hmm. So, let's see who... So, I did see that Pascale Saint-Ange is now the Minister of Canadian Heritage, and she's also come out on the browbeat against um, Meta mm-hmm. and um, Google, you know, kind of carrying that on. Uh, Pablo Rodriguez, now Minister of Transport. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I did tweet about this. It was a bit of a cheap shot, but it it, it has to be said, because this is a widely known and public thing. It is a little bit ironic that the transport minister has a DUI. There you go. And, I mean... That's a tough look.
0: Oh, so Pablo does?
1: <laughs> that, yeah, he does. Mm. And it's not just like, a, like, oh, he has a DUI. It would, like the the case itself was like, he tried to be evasive in doing the breathalyzer. Like he knew, <laughs> he knew he was caught. He was he, about like, to get cooked. He like pursed his lips and like barely blew into the breathalyzer and the officer had to be like, no, sir, you have to do it properly. (laughs) That
0: that trick doesn't work, mate. Yeah,
1: like not good, not good. I mean, I don't think he ever suffered any professional consequences, which is strange considering the bar that usually gets people um, bumped. Um, Well, you
0: can't even cross the border, right?
1: Yeah. Well, that's Usually. for, for normal people. Yeah. If you have a DUI, <laughs> it's, it can be, you're very much at the discretion of the border guard. Um, and yeah, you more often than not cannot cross the border, um, which is just crazy. Um, so I mean how, I, I, I don't know how, I, there are all sorts of different rules for people in power, but, um, this would appear to be one of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, big time. Um, I think definitely with, with that, and I'm, I'm looking at the different ministries. Um, half of these I didn't know existed, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, diversity, inclusion, and persons with disabilities. Rural okay. economic development. That one I kind of knew. Yeah. Um, Minister of Sport and Physical Activity. <laughs> physical activity. Uh, Minister of yeah. Citizens Services. Does that mean mm-hmm. passports, I guess?
1: Uh, no. Uh, the, he didn't even know what it was when he got it.
0: Terry Beach. Um, what, what is that then?
1: Yeah, they were like, oh, well, uh, what is your, what do you do? And he's like, you know, this is this is the ministry where we get things done. It's where the rubber hits the road. And everyone's like, oh, w- wait, what? W- what is that? What does that mean? And he's like, Well, we don't know yet.
0: Oh, they don't even have a website. Yeah. So this is a brand new ministry. Uh PMO says new role will involve, quote, anything that touches Canadians directly. Oh God.
1: Okay. <laughs> so whether you... I
0: like... met with my deputy this is a quote from uh from him. I met with my deputy minister about five minutes ago. She handed me a paper with a whole bunch of bullet points on it, he explained. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get fully brief and then provide to you much more fulsome answers from here on out. Boy, what is this? Okay.
1: Nobody knows, nobody knows. All right, well, since um, since
0: we're on the Canada topic, I did want to play one clip that I thought you probably okay. appreciated. Yeah, let's um, hear it. That speaks more to the, the cultural thing. So I'll go ahead and play this. An affront to human dignity. What? Quebec French is an affront to human dignity. What? Yes, sir. I'm, I said it. What? Yes. It's horrifying.
1: I can't believe what I, you're saying. Now, this
0: is this. My wife. So this is uh, a <laughs> the professor at my alma mater, Concordia University. Gad, sad. Who I think is a oh. I think is a marketing professor, uh, but he's ah. been kind of big in the anti-woke circles for the past decade or so, yeah. and talks about you know, gender yeah. and stuff. Uh, he's a Lebanese fella, uh, so obviously he's of the international French variety. Yeah. But uh, the guy's lived in Canada most of his life and, um, yeah, apparently thinks uh, our accent is garbage.
1: It is a little weird. Um, I I saw this on Twitter. It's a little weird for, like, other colonial French to be lecturing other colonial French about their French.
0: (laughs) And it's like our colonial French is, like— Technically, the original French is just like it's from the 1700s instead of like late 1800 early 1900s. Like, okay, yeah. buddy. <laughs> it's just like the guy who is sitting, you know, in, in, uh, he's sitting in London. He's like, yeah, the American accent that I've heard coming up the Appalachians is just uh, abominable. It's an affront to dignity.
1: <laughs> and it's like, boys, we, we haven't been part of France for a long time. Or we, boys, we haven't been part of the, the, uh, the British Empire in a long time. Obviously, <laughs> obviously things have changed a little bit, um, understandably so, or maybe they haven't changed, and that, and that's the gap. But yeah, it just it seemed like such a weird like.
0: I think it was, how do you it was,
1: infuriate an entire province at once?
0: <laughs> oh no, and that's exactly what happened. And uh, you know, yeah, th- the wrong approach. I think is in it's Basically, everyone that I read in uh, French Canada was like, fire this guy. Fire yeah. him! It's like why, yeah. like
1: well, uh, it's like when the Air Canada CEO said he's not going to learn French, and Jagmeet Singh was like, yeah, "Yeah, he should be let go. This is no good."
0: <laughs> oh God!
1: So like, oh, okay.
0: <laughs> yes, it goes back to you know being having free speech, and um, I do believe yes in in consequences, uh, but you know it's similar to the the thought that I had about Ron DeSantis the other day. Because so I listened to his, mm-hmm. uh, his, he did a couple interviews lately, and he's going on and on about Bud Light and Disney, and it's like, I'm sorry, but are you running for president of Bud? Like, yeah, did are you in the wrong election here? Because what does that yep. matter with presidential power? Are you going to use the military to, like, force... <laughs> Bud-like to not give, you know, (laughs) personalized cans to transgender people anymore. Oh, my goodness. Where's the limit here? Because this is the thing is these these are small issues, right? But if these people are so thin-skinned, you know, Maybelline comes out with a makeup line for something, for dogs. You know, are they going to, well... I order a presidential strike on the headquarters of Maybelline. Who knows?
1: Well, and is, is is someone in his office not going, Ron? This may be a little beneath you. Like, you're trying to become president, and you're talking about what was on a can of Bud Light. Like, let consumers figure that out for themselves. They don't need they don't need a, sa- a savior in the governor's mansion of Florida to be like, whoa, whoa Bud Light. So
0: he's part of of the same fatal conceit, you know, this idea that we need these people, you know, consumers are not smart enough, you know, we're too dumb, mm -hmm. we're too, you know, whatever, we need to be protected, um, not just from like, bad products, but we need to be protected from, you know, quote, woke ideologies. I find this is a very troubling thing. I've seen this with a lot of state lawmakers as well, uh, particularly Mm -hmm. on the ESG stuff, Because, look, a lot of people, companies are now saying, hey, look, we've got great environmental, social governance marks. You know, we're doing really well. And a lot of governments want to come out and say, hey, you're not allowed to do that anymore, Mm. which you could disagree with it. But then you just don't invest in that company, man.
1: Yeah, it's just crazy how um, so many people have kind of lost their way and like you can, just because you think something is not great or a problem doesn't mean that the government needs to get involved. (laughs) It doesn't mean that, that, that we have, we need some presidential accord to address Bud Light's marketing decision, whether or not you think that was good or not. I mean, leave, (laughs) leave it alone, man. Just talk about the things that matter like inflation and spending and civil liberties and, all that other good stuff
0: Or really killed JFK
1: <laughs> That too <laughs>
0: You know the important stuff uh, Yeah I, no. It's a bit troubling because you know one reason I think you and I like Election season we like Elections is because we get to talk about Ideas and policies well, and
1: s- Supposed to yeah Supposed to but
0: the idea But now it's we've got to like we've got to sit there And read 50 page indictments to understand What's going on <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I signed up for and, and everybody's you know t- again it's like Ron DeSantis would have more impact on you know the quarterly investment call of Anheuser-Busch than he would on a debate stage if this is his main oh, issue and then apparently talking about slavery was had benefits which I understand there's a lot of media you know
1: <laughs> what did he say?
0: There's a course in Florida that talks about slavery, obviously, but they, they mention, well, you know, a lot of slaves did learn some skills, you know. Oh,
1: get a, out of here with had that a, garbage.
0: A, I understand. Come on. But, but the thing is, is he's sitting there defending it and explaining it. And it's like, you know, this is not going your way. <laughs> the thing is about the concern. Oh, if you're in Lord. the GOP, people either consider that you're secretly evil or you're secretly a racist so what are you going to do to combat that just be honest be yourself
1: i mean naturally the thing that you do to combat that is to talk about the nuances of slavery oh my god like yeah. what are you doing what are that's you why doing?
0: i'm uh i don't hitch wagons right um but i really like vivek ramaswamy just at least in terms of policies yeah. some of them i disagree with some of them are really interesting uh he's at least thinking. I <laughs> can't say that about many yeah. others. Uh also Tim yeah, Scott as right. well has uh I mean he's he hasn't gotten much coverage and he's pretty low in the polls for now. I think he's at least 4th, but
1: he may be 3rd now.
0: Well, Ram- Ramaswamy's still 3rd.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's third.
0: So Scott then... at least um 4th and Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 i i hope we have some good policies let's talk about unleashing energy let's talk about you know fracking drilling for oil getting some nuclear on the grid some geothermal Mm -hmm. let's talk about you know lowering taxes let's talk about freeing up the internet
2: there's Mm -hmm. so much more that
0: we can be done instead you know governments are suing amazon and um talking about bud light
1: yeah priorities you know
0: yeah, it depends if you leave right, your right. laptop with a computer repairman in uh, Wilmington, <laughs> Delaware, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. <That's>, yeah. <laughs> but uh, who knows, David, we'll get some some better clips also for, for next week. There might be a couple hearings, might be some, some things popping yeah. out. And uh, we definitely yeah. will have some media to uh, promote, because I know you're working on a couple things. Um, I should have a mm-hmm. piece out as well next week that we can discuss when the time comes. Uh, but any parting thoughts here as we... Uh, Say goodbye on yet another episode of Consumer Choice Radio.
1: Ooh, um, I don't know. I mean, there's, there is a lot to talk about. There's... The media said
2: what? <laughs> yeah, The media said <laughs> exactly. Joe Biden's I, mean, president.
1: <laughs> I think we'll – I have some theories about what's going to happen in Niger because the Canadian government has said they have no plans to evacuate people. Ooh. While the French are sending military planes to evacuate people. Um, All right. So I think there's likely going to be another disaster where a bunch of Canadians are left behind, stranded, stranded, you know, what could be a war zone any minute now. Um, nothing to confirm yet, but I I hope I don't have an I told you so moment on uh, on next week's program.
2: Well,
0: there you go. We'll uh, cover that next week. You guys stay tuned and uh, catch you next time here on Consumer Choice Radio.